Hey, everybody, Ezra Levant here. What a pleasure to be back with you. My name is Ezra. I am the rebel commander of Rebel News, and um, I love the live stream. Sometimes I'm out of, out of town, so I can't do them, but I'm here, and I got a lot of things to say because every day I do a, a full show, the Ezra Levant show, I do a monologue, and interview a guest, but that doesn't mean that's all I'm thinking about. All day I'm bombarded, like I'm sure you are, by videos and news releases and emails and chitter-chatter on social media. And I got an opinion on most of it. And some of it's just outrageous and some of it's embarrassing. And some of them, I think, are, are little microcosms of the world we're in. I mean, I saw this. Um, can I show you a dramatic thespian? Can I show you a dramatic actor? Can I show you someone who maybe isn't quite as good a singer as he thinks he is. Reminds me of when his wife sang at the Martin Luther King. Hey, can you get that, Olivia? Can you dig up that Martin Luther King um, video in a second? But first, let me show you Canada's pride. Canada's leader of the Canadian delegation to the Queen's funeral today. A somber occasion. Everyone's wearing black, black armbands. The end of an era, 96-year-old queen who was our queen of Canada. It's a somber occasion, but for Justin Trudeau, that shallow man-child, it was a chance for him to get drunk and do a little show tunes. Take a look at this. It's looping. Thank you for that. So that's Justin Trudeau, a few sheets to the wind, as they say, in a um, two thousand pound a night hotel room in in central London, just entertaining the whole bar because he's a showboat. And if he's already shown you his socks, if that's what he's already done, and if he already told you what a feminist he is, as he's using his uh, sexy voice, girl, I'm such a feminist. Um, if he's already done the blackface thing, or maybe he doesn't do that for party tricks anymore, uh, what's there left to do but do a little dramatic act or Broadway singing? It really does remind me of uh, Sophie Trudeau, his wife, who sang a homemade song, a homemade song at the Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King is a, an American. He was a black civil rights hero, great man, uh, assassinated tragically. Um, you know, he had so many sayings that I myself find myself quoting all the time by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. Beautiful civil rights leader. Nothing to do with Canada at all. Completely American story. But Sophie Gregoire Trudeau thought she would sing at the Martin Luther King event in Ottawa because, of course, when I think of black civil rights in America, I think of Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. And I, when I think of a way to celebrate black civil rights, instead of, uh, you know, some of the black uh, hymns and gospel songs. And I think of a homemade song by a gold digger um, married to a thespian. And without any further ado, here's Sophie Gregoire Trudeau singing a homemade song. And you can see that uh, family night at the Trudeau home. I don't think they're actually a family anymore. I think they're estranged. But uh, there's lots of singing. Take a look. I have heard my fellow human beings and friends here today sing. This is not planned, trust me. I'm going to step up. Yes, and I'm in a moment where I was going through 
But angels can fly. And some people fight without knowing why. Some people live without seeing the light. And some people live, oh, no, 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 but not quite. And I know that good will prevail, and I could conquer the world with all the love that I feel. When you smile back at me, when you smile back at me, I see it from the corner of your eye, the day that we will say goodbye. But Thanks for showing that, Olivia. You know what? It's if that was an American Idol song, there would be people hitting those horns or whatever. Can you find Gavin McInnes and Sophie Gregoire Trudeau? Because Gavin, our former talent, did a duet with her that is perhaps the single funniest video ever broadcast on Rebel News. So I don't know how easy it is to find, but Gavin sings along with Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. Now, I, I think that um, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau is a better singer than I am. Um, but I don't think that she's good enough that at an event celebrating black American history, uh, something that with which she has no contact whatsoever, that she would just sing a song she wrote uh, at the official event, because why not? Who's going to stop her? just like who was going to stop her from calling up the uh, Aga Khan's daughter and saying, hey, can I come to your private, you know, billionaire's island in the Bahamas? And they answered, well, we're not going to be there. And she said, oh, that's fine. I just want to use the place. And she brought all her gold digger friends with her. I don't know if you know that, but that whole Trudeau trip to the Bahamas to stay at the Aga Khan's, that was not Justin Trudeau's idea. That was Sophie Trudeau's idea. Okay, watch Gavin do this. Is that you got the video there? This is one of the funniest things uh, I've ever seen. Go to go to the, where they start duetting. Yeah, go ahead. That's perfect. Some people die. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Angels can fly. Yeah, yeah. And some people fight. Look how white that audience is. Without knowing why. Oh, sing it, Some sister. Preach it. Live, without seeing the light. Oh, my God. Look at them. What do you think, brothers and sisters? There's some African back there. He's never even heard of Martin Luther King. Look at the picture behind her. <laughs> Who's this lady? Good will prevail. Uh -huh. The love that I feel when you smile back at me, when you smile back at me. Is she Eartha Kitt? In the cone of your eye. Oh, it's a new song now. Either we will say goodbye, but nothing will take away what's between you and me. Oh my God, is that guy asleep or blind? When, when you, you smile, smile back, back at me. When you smile. When you smile. When you smile. Beautiful. I love you. I love my you too. Child. I love you, my child. Ooh. Check this out. Was she Eva Perone? Is this Evita? 
Don't cry for me, Argentina. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Thank you, Rogers TV. Wow, what a mess. Oh my God. He's funny. I like when he says, oh, it's a new song. How, you know what? That song had nothing to do with Black America or Black Canada. It was a song that Sophie Gregoire Trudeau said she wrote about her own child. Um, they're showboats, they're thespians, and you just can't keep them down. Just give me one more play of uh, Justin Trudeau uh, in London showing the appropriate somberness and respect for the occasion of the death of the Queen, who went out for a few drinks and to belt out some hits, and his staff all applauded um, because that's what you do for the boss. Give me one more play of uh, Justin Trudeau's song in the bar, if you please. Yeah, we're so proud of Justin Trudeau. Aren't you proud of him? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I learned from our own Yankee Pollock that it is the uh, third anniversary of Trudeau wearing blackface at, um, well, so many times, but the third anniversary of the photos coming out. And uh, if I recall, that was in Time Magazine. Is that right? Was it Time or Newsweek? And the thing is, as you may know, Time Magazine is an American magazine. And why would they break the news about Trudeau? Did they have some sort of special source? Did they have some special interest in Canada? The answer is no. Turns out the person who sent them the photos had sent them to Canadian media first, but the Canadian media would not run them. They all had them. And you might recall that this news broke, and within hours, CBC and Global released their own photos of Trudeau in blackface, and in Global News's case, a video of it, which tells you that not only did they have it, they had more. And that shocking video of Trudeau in blackface, but they made the editorial decision to protect their benefactor, to protect the precious, and they knew it was incredibly newsworthy, but they did not want to embarrass their candidate. And so, as usual, we relied on the foreign media to tell us the truth about Canadian politics because we could not... Yeah, go ahead, play that video. This is a video that Global had years ago. They had this, but they would not... What's with the tongue? And he painted... His whole body, and he, does he have something in his crotch there? Did he stick something in his crotch for show? He, he's so meticulous, he even painted his knee black. And his arm, that's not just blackface. What a disgrace our prime minister is. Um, he's he's uh, changed our country. He's broken a lot of bonds um, between the state and the people. He's turned the state against the people, and he's even pitted us against each other. Look at this video from Vancouver's airport. I have to tell you, I don't know the, the story behind this, but it looks like a woman is being attacked by, you know, two, three, four cops, and she doesn't look like a, you know, a drug dealer. Give me the volume on that. You're playing from the top again. 
Yeah. So, um, so that's soundtrack. Don't be distracted by that. I guess there is no audio. But that doesn't look like a woman who was drunk. Doesn't look like a terrorist. Looks like she's passing through customs or something. It's 1230 a.m. So she obviously just wants to get in the country and go home. But I'm guessing, and I think she's got a mask on. I can't quite see. So I'm guessing she didn't fill out some Arrive Can app or something. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Maybe that woman started saying, I'm going to hijack an airplane or something uh, actionable. Could be. I think it's much more likely that that is some public health theater mixed with airport security theater, and I put that on the shoulders of uh, Trudeau. Um, but I've got some great news. The Alzheimer's patient who currently occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Drive did an interview with 60 Minutes. I've never seen a more softball interview in my life, but he did say the pandemic's over. Now, I think he immediately forgot what he said, and I think he forgot where he was, and occasionally he forgets he's the president, he introduces himself as a senator, but listen to this. Here's Joe Biden. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Mr. President, first... Well, there you have it. So COVID's over. Uh, no one's wearing masks. Uh, everyone's over it. Now, it's not true that no one's wearing masks. There's a lot of Democrats who still wear masks for show. I saw a picture the other day of Biden's wife wearing a mask and him not. There really is no rhyme or reason. But I, he felt like saying it was over because he was trying to say, yeah, the economy's going. If he's in Detroit, that's a place that needs all the economic boost it can get. But if the pandemic is over, I guess my question is, why are they still banning Canadians and any other uh, nationalities from entering the U.S. without a vaccine? Why are they doing that if the pandemic's over? Of course, um, they never check people illegally crossing their southern border for a vaccine. So uh, I guess there are some folks who have, they haven't checked. But if you say the pandemic is over and you say there's no need for masks anymore, and if you say things are back to normal, why are you banning Canadians who are not jabbed from entering the country? Um, Biden's just a weirdo. Uh, here's a video of him groping some poor child. I don't know the date of this video. I just came across it online by chance last night, and it reminded him, me what a creepy, creepy old man he is. Take a look at this. What? Yeah, just, just stop kissing children. Stop groping them. Stop putting your hands on their bodies and just just stop doing that can you just stop doing that you creepy creepy old man just so so gross i'm deeply embarrassed let's stop talking about them and let's start talking about <laughs> hey let me ask you a question you, you know you know batteries don't work as well when it's super cold out do you, do you ever experience that yourself um Sometimes we're out doing journalism in the really, really cold. And, uh, for example, I remember having an iPad. I was using an iPad as a teleprompter outside. And it must have been minus 20. And that iPad, the battery stopped working maybe in 20 minutes where it normally would last for hours. Cell phones are the same way. I think cameras are the same way. Um, and I think it's the same way with Teslas. I could be wrong on that, but when it's really, really cold, batteries don't seem to have the same life. I don't think I'm saying anything new to you when I say that. 
Um, it's just one of those things. Would you be comfortable getting on board an all-electric airplane, like a Tesla of airplanes, that had a range of just 200 kilometers? Look at this. Hart Aerospace unveils new electric aircraft. Air Canada invests and orders 30 planes. Well, that's a bit of an exaggeration because the planes aren't really flying yet. It's just a concept. And I think Air Canada made a token investment as like a PR move just to stop people squawking at them. But I understand that they have a range that means a distance of 200 kilometers. Now, uh, if you are driving on a Canadian highway, depends on where you are, but typically the highway speeds are 100 kilometers an hour, 110. I think there might be some places in Canada where de facto it's like 120. So there's not a lot of routes where you would fly just 200 kilometers or less, are there? Like I checked the distance as the crow flies between the, the great cities of Montreal and Ottawa. It's about 200 kilometers exactly by car. But if you flew airport to airport more directly, it's about 170 kilometers. So would you get on board an all-electric aircraft with a maximum range of 200 kilometers for a 170-kilometer flight? Okay, well, you better be sure that that plane doesn't have to circle once or twice to land. Have you ever had that happen to you? You're in an airplane and air traffic control or for safety reasons, the aircraft has to circle once or twice. I've had that happen to me. What if you're in an electric plane and it's only got a few minutes left in, in its range? Who would possibly get aboard a passenger aircraft in Canada, the second largest country in the world, one of the coldest countries in the world, that has a 200-kilometer range? That is a stunt. That is a trick. That is a PR gimmick. I mean, would you get an, on an all-electric aircraft experimental at all? If you're on an experimental, if you're in an electric car like a Tesla and you run out of juice, okay, fine, you're on the ground. But in the sky? And it takes a long time for these things to charge. So after a 200-kilometer journey from Montreal to Ottawa, how long does that plane have to recharge for? Hours? It's the weirdest thing I've, I saw, but to see the leftists crowing about how excited they were made me, made me laugh. Um, you know what? It's 12.20, and I just like to hop on these live streams to say hi to folks. But let me see if there's any super chats. Are there any super chats that have come in? Because otherwise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get going and writing my show tonight. I want to invite you to tune in on my show tonight. And by the way, I'm going to hand things over. Uh, I understand my friend Alexa will be on the live stream. I think so, because I see her on standby. And you're uh, in for a treat to have her as your live stream host today. Um, let me tell you what I'm going to talk about tonight. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, there was this wonderful viral trend on Twitter of Canadians saying, I'm so-and-so, I'm this many years old, this is what I do for a living, but because I have this view on freedom or bodily autonomy, Trudeau calls me an enemy. It was this beautiful template that everyone could sort of, it was almost like an introduction to yourself. I'm Ezra Levant, I'm 50 years old, I run an independent news network, but because I believe in freedom and bodily autonomy, Trudeau calls me a fringe minority. So there was a gazillion 
of these, and they had the hashtag Trudeau must go. Like, look at that. Like, look at that. It was, everyone has a lovely photo of themselves and their family, or like it was, it felt like a, a friendship, uh, almost like a dating site, but it wasn't for dating. It was, here's a photo of me. Here's a quick bio of me. Um, please like me and understand I'm a citizen and Trudeau hates me because of that. So you had, it was just sort of, it was a wonderful thing to scroll through and see what a interesting mix Canadians are. Every walk of life, every age, every socioeconomic class. You know, there were people who, you know, were single. There were people who were grandmas. There were people, one guy said he was in construction for 51 years. Like it, you just, I love just seeing uh, all these different people, and what united them is that they were saying Trudeau must go, and there were, I don't know, a quarter million such tweets. And Gerald Butts, Trudeau's corrupt right-hand man, was raging against us. Who's paying for this? Who's paying for this? Paying for? What are you talking about paying for? Do I get? Can I get paid for my tweet? How does that even work? And you know, not only is that a kooky conspiracy theory by uh, Gerald Butts, but also I think projects a little bit that, oh, are you paying? Fake Twitter tweets, Gerald Butts made me think. Anyways, I'll be talking about that at length on my Ezra Levant show tonight at 8 p.m. I hope you'll tune in for that. But let me say goodbye to you now. I want to play for you a quick ad for an event we have coming up on the 22nd. Rex Murphy and Conrad Black live in concert. You don't want to miss this. So let me say goodbye to you, leave you with this ad, and then I'll hand you over to my friend Alexa Lavoie. Au revoir. Other than your friends at Rebel News, who are the best journalists in Canada? Well, obviously, it's Rex Murphy and Conrad Black. They're amazing. Conrad Black, the founder of the National Post and its lead columnist, Rex Murphy, one of the wisest and funniest conservative critics in the country. Oh, I love both of those guys. Imagine spending dinner with not one, but both of them. Well, you can or even just come to a discussion between the two men. Here's what I'm talking about. On September 22nd, the Democracy Fund is hosting an amazing evening with Conrad Black and Rex Murphy. It's going to start out with a wine and cheese reception. Then it's going to have the two men in conversation for 90 minutes. And then afterwards, for those who like, a private dinner with Conrad Black and Rex Murphy. And I'll be there too. And I don't know, I'm, I'm excited about it. There is going to be a lot of intellectual horsepower there. Uh, and two fascinating guys. If you're interested, you can find out all the details at the link below or at the democracyfund.ca slash events. The prices start at just 11 bucks. If you're not in the Toronto area, you can watch online on Zoom the conversation. If you are in the Toronto area, come on out. You can buy a ticket just for the conversation between the two men. They're on stage. You can get a ticket for the wine and cheese beforehand or come to the sit-down dinner afterwards, sort of the after party with Rex Murphy and Conrad Black, and I will be there. Apologies if I'm a de uh, deterrent for you buying a ticket. I'm kidding around. It's going to be a great night. I'll see you there. September 22nd, the Democracy Fund. Find out more at thedemocracyfund.ca slash events or click the link below. Tickets start at 11 bucks, and they go up to 250 if you want that sit-down dinner with Rex and Conrad afterwards. The Democracy Fund, of course, being a CRA-registered charity, so your money goes towards a good cause. All right, we'll see you on September 22nd. That's thedemocracyfund.ca. 
Hey guys, hey. welcome to the <laughs> How's it going today? I'm very good, and you? I'm doing all right. So yeah, guys, welcome to the live stream. And of course, uh, we're going to be reading your comments. You heard Ezra uh, asking about those earlier, so feel free uh, add your pay chats. Uh, if they're a dollar uh, or below five dollars, then they'll be put on screen. And if they're above five dollars, then we're going to read them out for you guys. So, Alexa, it's been a, a busy week. Oh, and also, I just want to say, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, well, maybe you should watch it on one of the other platforms that we have going, uh, something that's a little less censored, uh, something a little more monetizable. But uh, that said, Alexa, you had a busy weekend. Uh, there were protests that were happening across Canada. Uh, would you mind uh, going into that a little bit? Yeah, so for me, I was in Montreal. So um, again, a like, lot of thousands of people did show up. Um, a lot of them were in support of the fact that we still have uh, some mandate and some measure in place, uh, especially with Can and other um, uh, measure that is put in place by uh, federal and provincial government. So um, we know that the election is coming up on the 3rd of October, would be the final date to, for going to vote. I invite everybody to vote. It's really important. Um, but we know that uh, probably like, like CAC, Mr. Legault will probably be re-elected since uh, all the elderly people are in his favor since uh, he promised uh, a, sh a check of $2,000 to them. <laughs> but a uh, lot of people were um, at Parc um, uh, Emily Gamelin in, in Montreal. It was the, the point of uh, gathering for starting the march. And so a lot of people were there. Uh, a lot of people were wearing um, CHSLD um, sign. So what it is, is uh, elderly facility is the name of uh, the uh, public uh, place for elderly people. So as you know, in Quebec, it was one of the worst um, number of deaths. So we have 6,000, more than 6,000 people who die in the CHSLD. And uh, Mr. Legault is keeping, refusing a public investigation uh, about it, probably because I, he's maybe scared that they found something that it was not a um, good decision on this. But a lot of people were there, a lot were studied there, and they wanted to send a message to whoever is elected that people will keep to be studied there and ask uh, for dropping mandate and to have their life back. And um, especially with the inflation, a lot of uh, Quebecers are really concerned about it. I know that um, in Toronto, they are had like a rally as well. I think Maxime Bernier was there for doing a speech too. Um, so it was looking like pretty huge as well. So uh, it's nice to see that people are not asleep and because of the summer. So I know that Efrain was there on the ground and Tabitha as well. And um, I don't know, um, did you know a little bit about the West Coast? Uh, yeah, so I believe we had, uh, well, we had Celine, one of our reporters in Calgary over the weekend, and that report will be coming soon too. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who else uh, might have been out, but I just wanted to mention, uh, as we're talking about the protests in Quebec and Legault, uh, it, I mean, it really did get bad in Quebec. You guys had curfew. Uh, I remember the, the riots, that are not riots, but the police uh, in force at the uh, Montreal uh, Canadiens games. Yeah. Uh, and as well, I remember at one point he was almost uh, ready to implement a tax for the unvaccinated. And when it came to going into a grocery store, well, even that was at risk. 
Um, yeah. it, it was a very dark times for Quebec. Yes, and you know, in the leader debate, Mr. Legault tried to defend uh, the curfew when we know that the public will never say that was a good idea and to implement that. that. Um, so he tried to say that, yes, he limited the contact and everything, like to go home at eight o'clock at night. But people wanted to see each other, did, did it like before eight. And his, his, try, his defense was just not good. So uh, again, like you have nothing to say about it. And during the debate was a, a big flop. And But the thing is, as you know, the population is more and more old. And so we have the, the part of the population is mostly now like 70, 60 and more. And we know that Mr. Lego, it's doing really great with that generation. So because they is going to their elderly facility, they promise check with a lot of money, try to reduce their their tax income. And so, but the biggest part of the population that are in between, I would say, 25 to 40, like the active generation are mostly for a conservative party of Quebec. But uh, the fact is we should, like, it's them. It, they are the one who live in the, the society now because they are active. And unfortunately, they will not have their voice heard because the biggest part of the old people will, will just elect Mr. Legault because what they think that is good. It did great during the pandemic. And of course, like they will have more money in their pocket at the end. But it's really sad to see like taking money from the young to give to the old. I can understand that um, they sacrifice, like they, they did their life and they work hard and they, they should have like, you know, a part coming back to them. But also like we should not penalize like the active generation that now we probably pay for like all the money that they give it, they give to the old people, because that will have an impact on every sphere of life, economy, probably inflation too. Like, of course, like more you give money, more at, at one point, the money will come from somewhere. So yeah, it's really sad. And uh, yeah, I'm expecting uh, a coalition of Mr. Legault, uh, um, government on the 3 of October. I hope it will be minority so we can have like a strong opposition. But for now, it's majority. And as you see, like we didn't have any opposition for the last past two years to try to challenge the decision that it had been made so far. So I just, I just hope like we'll have like a really strong opposition. So uh, for all the bill or decision that we, it will take, at least they will have like a nice and good challenge, a democratic challenge uh, in the National Assembly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just want to touch uh, on one last thing. I know we're going to move on to uh, the electric plane soon. And I know uh, Ezra touched on that. Um, but there's this one article uh, from the Star, the Toronto Star, uh, and it's headlined Anger, Delusion and Distrust. Is Canada's democracy in decline? Um, and I think, you know, to what you're speaking about in Quebec, well, it's certainly across the country. Uh, people have been, I guess you could say, feeling down, um, feeling mistrusting of government, uh, feeling like they were let down over the last two years. 
And what do our politicians and our uh, our mainstream media outlets do? Well, they they put up headlines like this and the uh, the byline. What is it? The grievances of conspiracy theorists and quote mm-hmm. freedom and quote supporters have cast a long shadow across Canadian politics in 2022, one that hangs over the capital as Parliament returns for its summer recess. So it's sad how you see a lot of this framing is negativity towards those who have literally been struggling to survive over the last two years and just basically have been asking for a break, a reprieve from these government mandates, and yet they're considered to be extremists. Much like, uh, well, I guess when we talk about the environmentalists in this next story (laughs) about the uh, electric vehicles, it's they, they take these extreme measures and then they call those who think that it's uh, perhaps not reasonable. They call them the extremists. And uh, I'm not sure if we have that headline here, uh, but what is it? Heart Aerospace unveils new electric aircraft. Air Canada invests and orders 30 planes. And uh, I know Ezra mentioned on, on this a little bit, but what are your thoughts, Alexa? Well, first of all, I will not take that plane. Uh, you will not see me on that plane. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I'm not being the, the cobaye for live trying this. No, no. Especially what Israel was saying just before we jump on the live stream. What uh, what if, like, you know, with the Arab can sometimes, like, the plane needs to stay, like, a little bit, like, up in the air because, like, something is not working. Or sometimes, yeah, I, I, I know because it's happened to me, like, uh, you were not capable to land because you had too much, like, plane, and so you needed to wait in the air. What happened with that? Like, if like the battery is just shutting down, it's just like what you crash. Yeah. Like, well, no, and- no, you would not see me on on this plane at all. <laughs> it's funny they're they're pushing for new environmental uh, initiatives and you know electric vehicles is one, and I've seen a, a few reports of yours on hydrogen. Uh, and you'd think, you know, if they're gonna make a plane that's a little more uh, environmentally friendly, why why would they pick an electric battery over at least an engine of some kind? So now they try, like, I know that, uh, I think it was in 2021, uh, the Mr. Trudeau went to Montreal to talk with uh, Legault about uh, having, um, it's, it, it was like uh, a part of the plane was electric. And now they want to make it all electric with, like, the, um, the motor. But you need to know, like, the impact that that will have on the rest of the planet because they don't t- think about where it's come from, all the mineral and all the material that that you need to build that. That that was the the one that I actually uh, assist uh, and um, that actually blocked my microphone when I was trying to ask a question. But they were uh, there to announce that they were spending like six hundred ninety. Three million on investment uh, for our aerospace industry in Quebec for electrify a, a piece, not 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 the plane, just a piece of the plane. So now I'm pretty surprised because now if it's like a full plane, if that was six hundred and ninety-three million for just a part of the plane, how much would cost like a full plane? Yeah, to say the least. And you know, I, I think it's kind of. They'll, they'll advocate for this. Uh, and, you know, Trudeau, uh, he'll say, you know, go green. He'll say you can't have a car that burns uh, oil or gas. Uh, but then w- what's happening in England right now? You've got world leaders from around the world 
um, there to uh, to respect the queen and her passing uh, and to be there for the funeral. How many of them are using electric jets? And you know, they do the same thing when they went to COP26. Uh, they did the same thing when they went to the uh, World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. All of these elites from around the world are telling you that you can't excrete any kind of carbon. Uh, and then they go off and they just waste gallons and gallons and gallons of fuel. So, and, and they say nothing about it, except that you're bad for doing the same thing. Yeah, and and I now we see like the um, queen um, buried, buried, you say, but like, uh, have you seen when Mr. Legault just sing queen, like playing, like it was Gregory Charles from Quebec that was playing at the piano, but have you seen that video where I don't know if a friend can like play it, but Mr. Trudeau was saying like queen in honor of the queen there. I was like, no, <laughs> it was about to pick up like maybe a better, like, I, I don't know, like queen. I love queen. Like it's actually a genius. Like it's one of my favorite band, but Saying like Mr. Lego saying that song is like a disgrace for that band first and for the Queen as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what, what got into Trudeau's mind there. Um, and I, I made the point on the, the pre-live stream that we have on Instagram where it's like, did he, is, is there some connection between the Queen and Queen the band um, that no. I'm just not aware of? Or did he just not think about it? And he thought, oh, Queen. Yeah, I guess, you know, anything that's Queen is the Queen related. Yeah, and there I we have the clip. Oh. Using his uh, teaching skills well. But I, again, we see that Mr. Trudeau's sometimes choice of decision is not like the best one. I don't know what, which kind of connection went to his head saying, oh, but because like the band is called Queen, I'm going like, to like, like sing one of his songs. Oh. No, no. <laughs> Like probably like using like a proper song, probably like the favorite song of maybe the Queen herself uh, would be more like nice uh, than like choosing the band just because is the name is Queen. Like you have no no link in between for me. It's not related at all. But yeah, that's proof again that Mr. Trudeau is uh, a little bit limit on uh, his decision choice. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's as related uh, to the Queen as his initiatives are to environmentalism. But moving on, uh, we've got a, a bit of a, a teaser for you. The Kamloops documentary is coming soon in theaters, uh, and we just want to show you guys a little bit of that now. Oh, yes. Are you liking the banter on our live stream that you're watching right now? If so, you should know that you can get exclusive Rebel News content by going to rebelnewsplus.com. You'll get special shows from my colleague Sheila Gunn-Reed, Ezra Levant, as well as the Menzoid Menzies. And you'll also get to view our exclusive documentaries, including the one that tells you the truth of what was actually discovered, at least what is known to be discovered, so far at the Kamloops Indian Residential School. Take a look at the trailer. Well, the remains of 215 children have been found in a mass grave in Canada. Many of you know that just over a year ago, the discovery of the remains of 215 children was found at the Kamloops Indian Residential School at the Kamloops Shiswemek First Nation. But what if I were to show you that what I just said wasn't true? and that in fact, a year later, not a single body has been found. 
this mass grave is a painful reminder of the genocide. Hillary's leaders aren't condemning the burning of churches. No, they're endorsing the burning of churches. A juvenile rib bone that surfaced in the same area. You'd be surprised the number of people who say, well, the remains of 215 children have been found in a mass grave in Canada. Do you want to get closer to the truth about what was actually buried at Kamloops Indian Residential School last year? So do I. That's why the Rebels are doing a live screening in Calgary at Canyon Meadows Cinemas, and we want you to join us. We'll be there to watch this documentary with you, meet and greet you, and answer any questions that you have. I can't wait to see you. There's more info below. Highly recommend you guys check that out. And if you can come in theaters, then I'll be there too. Uh, Alexa, what do you think about that story? So, um, again, transparency is not something that it's common here in Canada, I would say, because we heard about the unmarked grave, but nobody had been found yet. And and the ground have not being excavated like yet too so if you are really sure that they have like some body there dead body why you didn't try right now to dig the ground especially we are winter uh, summer so it's the best time to do it so after that during the winter you were not capable to do it so is it like because she explained a little bit in the documentary that they use a, a, a kind of system that you can find some um, irregularity in the ground, okay? But that doesn't uh, say what it is. It can be any kind of, of, of thing. So um, if they were sure that it was dead body, um, why not excavate it now? And we know that in that time, they had like a big, big disease uh, that was common into the, the camp. But at that time, when you were infected, they were burning the body. It's what they were doing. As what they did during um, COVID-19, everybody who died from it, they, they burned the body. It's what happened when you have like a really infectious disease. It's how they were doing it. So if, if it, they, they actually died from this disease, their body was probably burned. So my point of view, like try to excavate it and try to show us really if they are like bones there and dead body there. And after that, we can like begin the real conversation about what really happened there. But for now, it's speculation because we don't know. We have no proof of it. So my point of view is like, since we have no tangible proof, for now, it's just discussion that go nowhere. Well, I think the, the difficult part about it is, uh, well, when the, the reports came out, I think the technology that they were basing it on was not capable of making the assertions that uh, those in charge of that uh, responsibility made. Um, so it is kind of unfortunate. And now 
it's the you know the concept that you allude to it's like we well we basically have to dig it up to find out what's underneath there because we don't have the technology to do it without digging it up but then you're in this kind of catch-22 and i think you know uh, everybody in their passing you know they deserve to peacefully move on to yeah. whether it be the next world or whatnot you know you let the the those who are resting rest basically um but I and mean, it would be a very I'm I just need to add the fact that it's not because we don't find anybody that yep. what happened in the in the residential school like mm -hmm. it's 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 not true because it lots of stuff happened there we know it for fact and we have like some a witness uh that's where there and decide so that doesn't um excuse anything so this is actually we discussing what what happened there but the fact that the unmarked grave do that they use that to raise their hate and the violence this is my point yep. no exactly and personally even though it sounds like they should be the same story they are two different stories you know what happened in the residential schools is something that canada is already aware of but then this mm -hmm. you know the allegations of mass burial grounds well th this quite literally is in my opinion a different story entirely uh, and, you know, to what you say, like, there is stuff that happened in the residential schools. and But with regards to this burial ground, well, now we're in this catch-22 because you can't dig it up because that would be, you know, to the nth degree improper. Um, you know, there, there's the, the rumors that, you know, if you even build uh, on the burial grounds of uh, the ancestors, I guess you could say, you know, bad spirits and the like, I'm not trying to, this isn't Indigenous language, I'm just saying it myself. Uh, you know, that sort of negative energy is going to come out of the situation. So... It's, uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, the only evidence that we have is, for the most part, imaginary. But mm -hmm. uh, on speaking of imaginary, uh, well, well, we'll get there in a second. As the, uh, the stepping stone, there's another story, Alexa. I don't know if you've seen it, but the biological male who murdered woman raped her corpse to be housed in Canadian women's prison. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think any, uh, I don't think that's appropriate. What do you think, Alexa? <laughs> because first of all the sentence is always lighter in a woman prison you will know and especially for someone who murder uh sometimes the treatment that they receive in jail sometimes it's not the good one especially if you rape someone too so a biological male raping the body of a woman and after that claiming is a woman make not sense at all and make other women in that jail in danger too because if he is, is capable to do it he's capable to do it again well actually uh david menzies uh one of our uh, our longtime ontario reporters uh he did a story on this i believe it was in kitchener uh where there was an inmate uh, a male uh, uh, uh what do you what would you call it the right language uh, had the the XY genitalia uh, in a female prison, and it, it's a very sad thing to see. Yeah, you can see the the protesters there. Uh, privacy for females, gender self ID harms women, government scandal, media cover up. I mean, this is all true, you know. And speaking as a man, honestly, if I was to have to go to prison or some kind of government institution, and it was either all male or all female, I know which one I'd rather be in. And I think mm -hmm. that's the uh, for most men. Um, and nowadays, I mean, this happened a little while ago, but recently there's been a story, not as uh, malicious as uh, the man who murdered and raped a, a corpse, uh, 
Um, but there was a story that made headlines this weekend about an Ontario high school teacher who was seen wearing massive prosthetic bust to yeah. class. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. I, I certainly can tell you they're not operable. Um, but uh, Alexa, is this is this offensive to you? Uh, for me, it's grotesque. I would say it's grotesque, and is is you are with children, okay? What's the point, first of all, to wear as big as that? What? Why not a normal breast? Okay, no woman have this kind of breast, first of all. Okay, so first, if you're capable to wear that kind of prosthetic, it's because you're not right there. Like, no, nobody will say, like, oh, oh, that feel normal, that feel like to be a woman. No, that not feel to be a woman. And I know that if I had this kind of breast, I will have like a reduction of it. Okay, because first of all, this is. This is not normal. And look at the shorts, okay? And really yeah. tight and, like, showing really well, like, you know, the, the, the breasts. The, no, for me, it's, for me, it's just really grotesque. And I'm actually happy that we, we light that uh, to, to, we shed that to light because I, I just exposed a teacher recently, a drama teacher, uh, who do like some positivist uh, walkies into his children and laughing at burning churches and stuff like that. And I invite everybody who knows some kind of teacher like we just saw now to write to us for exposing these teachers and as well signing the petition at exposeteacher.ca. So for all these teachers that we want them to not influence children sign the petition and as well send us the tip at tips at ribbonnews.com or to me at alexandra at ribbonnews.com we need to expose that because that is influencing children and this is actually not okay imagine like you're i don't know me 12 years old and you see your teacher like coming in it's a male and have like this freaking big boobs getting out it's just for me i would be like really traumatized i would be like what is that it's like having almost like i will not compare but you know sometimes drag queens are like wearing some crazy stuff but because it's they are it's hard or, but this is not in front of children but when you do that in front of children every day this is this is traumatizing but for my part i don't know for you yeah. No, yeah, to say the least, um, I don't think anybody's children should be in that room, uh, point blank, period. Uh, and even uh, I heard it mentioned earlier how uh, this person's hair was just all over the place. You're in a machine class, you're using heavy machinery, things that cut, things that hurt, things that kill, and you're just going to flail your hair around and hope it gets caught in one of the machines? Like, what if the saw picked up that, well, I guess, you know, I, that wig probably would just fly off, um, I imagine. But either way, um, it, it's a negligence on the part of the teacher. And you can yeah. you can clearly tell whatever dysmorphia this person feels. Like, it, 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 it's inappropriate for the classroom. And let's say, you know, if I wanted to be a teacher, what am I going to go? I'm going to go to the class every day. I'm going to wear a, a tiger suit. And I'm going to walk on all fours. And I'm going to teach my lesson. Is that appropriate? No. Never. It's not appropriate. These are children who need a proper environment to learn in, not people who need, um, well, I, I don't know how a nice way to put it, but these are not the role, model, role models that we need in our schools.
But I, I think I heard that this school have a dress code for the for the student. But what about the teachers? And the teachers should show the example. But for now, we just show like some kind of stranger, really weird, or who's doing whatever he wants. Like this is actually a bad example for i just don't know what the school board has to say about this like why they let that teacher keep like doing his job when how is his dressing we can see the nipple out of the shirt <laughs> more than happy to share with you uh, and our viewers that david menzies is on the case uh, and I think he's the perfect one for it. Um, but he he actually made some headway on that case. He went to uh, wherever the situation was unfolding, I believe close to the GTA, if not within. Um, and he got some questions answered. And that story is going to be out very soon. Uh, so all of our viewers, uh, I enjoy you guys looking forward to that. Yeah, because I would love to be like face to face with that teacher for asking questions because I don't think it's mentally like uh, straight like there because as I say, no no normal person will wear this kind of protest thesis like as big as that. No, not I don't believe so. Yeah, to say the least. Well, <laughs> as well, I, uh, I see this uh, one of our next stories here about COVID and it's uh, Ottawa to make arrive can optional and scrap other travel measures report. So oh. maybe maybe cans on the way out. Personally, I think you know, uh, they might just pause some of the more public elements that are drawing negative feedback. Keep it on the back burner until uh, a later date when they could reinstate it. What what do you think about Alex, about that, Alexa? I think uh, you know when they they lifted like the restriction for on that. Um, I would say it's because they had like a lot of suing. Uh, against them. Uh, it's probably why I don't see other like reason, but I know that now it's raining, like the suing it's uh, against like Arafkan and uh, against uh, all the restriction measure because we are one of the last uh, country to still have it. It's raining, it's raining into like the government. So at one point, how they would defend themselves saying that, yeah, they need it when the rest of the world have passed to something else. And that, um, I think it's Fauci say that now it's the, everything is over. Like we need to continue like our lives. And yeah. like, all you will explain that Fauci say that pandemic is over, but you keep having all these restrictions into the Canada. You have no point. They will lose. If like if they are going in a in a trial, they they they, they will lose. They have not, not like anything to to use for to say that they are they were right. So I'm pretty sure that it's because they have too much pressure into like some uh, organization, as you know, like TDF are doing a swing, um, GCCF too, and a lot of other organization is on the case too, um, not only for Arafkan, but as well like on the all the mandate. So I, I'm sure that they are like face to a wall and they have no no choice to say like, we need, we need to, to let it go. Like we need to put that optional. I think you make an amazing point, and that is for the last two years, 
not only have been they've been saying this is what you need to do, they've also been saying the whole time that they're right and you're wrong. And now when time comes to pay the bill, oh, look at that, they don't have anything to back up their claims. Well, isn't that uh, an interesting development, an interesting uh, time we find ourselves in? And Alexa, you know, I want to ask you particularly, is a rive can a very prominent feature of Roxham Road? Uh, for Roxham? Yeah. <laughs> Do you really think? No. <laughs> so when you are right, and, and I, I did like, uh, we did an access to information and we find out that on the... 13 people who passed in less than six months. Um, some of them they didn't have their citizenship like capture. I was like, okay, they didn't provide like where they come from. And so we don't know um, their criminal like record or anything. And, but we use our Afghan for like normal citizen that's coming like into a plane. What? And Alex, this, what, what is this latest report? I just wanted to ask you. So what is Roxham Road for those who are unaware? So Roxham Road is uh, in the province of Quebec is an irregular road that was not really common in the time, but it started to be really a problem here in 2017 when uh, Trump was uh, threatening the Asian to remove their, so the, the, the permit to stay in um, in US after the earthquake. So in the same year, in 2017, Mr. Uh, Trudeau said that if you fear the war or the oppression or, or you want to flee out of your country, welcome to Canada, it's our strange. So uh, in 2017, we see like a huge, massive uh, illegal immigration that was passing to Roxanne Road. But at that time, it was just like, you know, small tan was not, was like temporary. So we see like, I think in 2017, I think it was like 18,000 something people who passed the, the, the border. It was about the same on 2018 and 19. And, um, but the installation like uh, what afterwards changed to permanent one. And now some taxi from U.S. have ad advertising on their side that if like Roxanne Road. So and the, these taxis waiting at the airport and where the bus is coming uh, from South, Af uh, well, South America and Central America. So some bus coming into U.S. and some taxi is waiting for them with Roxanne Road on it. So it's it's actually uh a real thing that is happening, it's really something that is dangerous because right now, on six months, so to uh, January to July, we had more than 19 illegal immigrants who, who came into that illegal crossing border. But that brings us to more than 40,000 people at the end of the year. Most of them um, need to have to have like lodging. So now uh, I know that the government had like uh, take some agreement with some hotel to lodge, lodging uh, the illegal immigrant. But we find out that most of them are not refugee. They are not like escaping for war or oppression from, from their country. So it, during that they wait for their trial to be heard of their story, sometimes it takes two, one years to three years. 
And during that time, they are just waiting here in our country. We don't know them. We don't know their background. We don't know any information. And this is actually a real problem, the real threat for the security um, I, I don't say that they are all like bad, but we don't know these people. And when we see that 316 people have their citizenship not captured, for me, it's like really outrageous to see that because our beautiful country, we need to protect at one point. I'm actually for uh, legal immigration. I think it's really good for the country, for the, the growing economy and jobs as well. And but illegal one take the place of the legal person who are waiting since many years to come into Canada, but unfortunately their place is taken by other people who come into that illegal crossing border. Well, and this actually happened a, a few years ago, but I remember, I think it was one of the stadiums in Quebec, one of the ones that was used uh, for the Olympics. It was actually made to house migrants. Is that is that correct? I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was a while ago. Um, but Either way, immigration is, uh, it's undoubtedly I think I heard something. I think I heard something about it. But now um, it's Place Dupuis. It's the, the main place. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think it was in, what, 2017. Actually, like, when the problem had begun at that, at that illegal crossing border. Because at that point, we didn't expect to have, like, 18 uh, people crossing, like, our border and where we put them. Like, we, we didn't have, like, as much facility than now because now it's been, like, a couple of years. And, but now it's getting really a big problem because they increased more than 217% more than the first year in 2017. So now, yeah, we have La Place Dupuis in Montreal that we know that a lot of them have been uh, where they stay. But a lot, now we know that some of the hotels have agreement to make them stay there. So I need to investigate a little bit about like these different places and like show you uh, the other side of the, of the story. Mr. Legault, had, I did ask Mr. Trudeau to close uh, that border, I think uh, in last May, but Mr. Trudeau didn't like seems to want to do anything or any action and I he refused to close the, that illegal crossing border. So um, unfortunately, we are in the province where that border is. It's not a border, it's an illegal crossing border. Um, so you will understand that once they get arrested and they pass the immigration, they need to stay where they have been like arrested. So most of them, they are staying around Montreal. So it's, we put like a big, big pressure on our um, system in Quebec. And we have already a system that is collapsing right now, not only the health system, but the education system, the economy system. And we need, like they apply for money from the government. They have nothing. So but for some of them, they have nothing on their pocket. So they receive like some check from the government, but that's from the province of Quebec. So it's why like we need to do something at one point. Well, I, I think it's kind of, it's funny and sad at the same time, especially over the last two years, uh, considering, well, it, it's kind of funny that Trudeau will do uh, everything he says 
that he can do in relation to COVID and this and that. But you're going to keep the, the border open for illegal immigrants and everybody, and you're not going to be testing these people. I mean, they can might, might as well just walk in and infect our whole society, right, uh, if you're yeah. to take that road. Um, but it's, it's sad, too, because they're not doing that. They're not doing realistic things that might help in the situation yeah. of like, uh, a plague like they've claimed uh, COVID to be. They don't take those steps. And I think uh, we have a, another headline here from the JCCF. Uh, a new rele- uh, Justice Center releases new report on excess deaths caused by government intervention. And you know what? Bravo, JCCF. I think this is a beautiful headline. Um, it, it, it's, it's incredible that what the government has done is actually killed more people. Uh, or let me, let me just read the first little bit here. Calgary. Uh, are, we, Center- are, we, are we safe on YouTube with that? Uh, just uh, for not going well, too far. Exactly what they're saying. Um, assuming that the the studio will confirm. Uh, The Justice Center today released a new report entitled Excess Deaths Contradict Narrative of Success, which draws attention to 2020 to 2022 excess deaths in Canada and suggests that these have been caused by the indirect impacts of Canadian government COVID lockdown policies. I don't. I don't even want to add anything. Great, but not done. Sold. You got me. Uh, hook, line, and sinker. Alexa, what are your thoughts on that? How I would say like, oh, yes, like we knew it, but nobody like did release it for real. We know that the decision that had been made by the government have been caused way more death than before. Like especially with lockdown, people were like depressed and. Like it's not only that it's it's like a lot of of other like reason why it was bad for the behavior and for the mental health of people. So I'm just like thanks them like to finally release something to show the proof that what happened. We need to to make the government accountable of their act and decision that it took. Yeah. No, and especially, you know, it always saddens me when you think about the kids, right? Uh, and you think about somebody who's maybe five or six years old and what they, they've had to spend two years of their life in lockdown. That's literally a third of that child's life that's gone into this isolation. Uh, a lot of them are deprived of talking and especially for really young kids when they're learning to speak and they're watching people's mouths move. Uh, so that they can kind of mimic it and whatnot. Well, that's all been prevented. So there, there's plenty of issues psychologically and physically um, that have been derived from the government's response. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a personal gripe of mine. Uh, but the fact that, you know, for the last two years since the Quarantine Act came into play, uh, when have they said, all right, guys, you know what? We're going to have, uh, you know, cells of 30 people that go out there into the middle of nowhere, build a small community so that we can alleviate some of the more densely populated regions so that we can reduce the spread. We've got the second largest country in the planet, you know, 30, 40 million people, you know, Trump change comparatively to the mm-hmm. rest of the world. We're not going to spread out. You know, these initiatives were never had. And you think about when they were asking people to get tested, right? Okay, so we want to stop the spread. So we're going to ask millions of people to line up in the cold so that they can all basically touch and talk to the same person and get the exact same test. I mean, how many of those people probably got sick just from being in line? You know, these are questions that never got asked. Uh, and it just shows how shameful their approach really was. I'm actually agreeing with you totally. <laughs> um, it's already one. Do we have a super chat before like uh, wrapping up? I can't believe that it, it passed so fast. 
Here we go. So, I think we have uh, two here. Uh, one from Fraser McBurney, six dollars. Uh, As we lay to rest our beloved Queen Elizabeth II, the great daughter of King George V.I., let me tell you my uh, sorry. Let me tell you my chance encounter with Queen Elizabeth. Frasbo, six dollars again. We were flying to Trinidad and Tobago when we stopped in Barbados. When we landed, the airport was closed. The Royal Aircraft swooped over the airport and landed. Back then, we dressed properly. We were put in the reception line. The Queen walked by the line and acknowledged us. Fond memories. <laughs> All right, there you go. Now, personally, I'm pretty young, so I don't have uh, as much of a connection with the Queen. I, she's never, you know, had a picture. Never had a picture of her in my house. Um, not to say that it was. For a reason, it's just it never went up on the wall. Uh, what about you, Alexa? I know you're from Quebec, um, so I know maybe there's a, a difference there. But what, uh, what do you what do you think about the the Queen and maybe not the uh, you know the English colonies as they were, but just the person that she was? Yeah, exactly. As I say, like I honor that person by the hard work that she did. She consecrated her life to do. To be the, the the queen and like it's not giving to anybody to be so responsible and always there smiling and be there for the people you know so I admire that from her like the strong person that she was and to stand as a really important position and it's always sad to see an important woman disappear especially because we we need more like strong and important woman in this world. So, but the, the only thing is like, unfortunately, I don't think uh, in Quebec people really matter. Um, this is sad because same if it's because most of them say that they are, it's not their queen, but in the same time it is because they permit us to stay into Canada and like be there. Same if we lost our war. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, I just found that sad because respect the woman, respect her position, respect the family. She passed away. Have a little bit of respect. And afterward, if you want to debate on the thing that you don't want to be represented by a queen, but not during the time that she, she, she just passed away, you know? So wait to debate that another day at the National Assembly or whatever you want, but don't be mean, especially like some some politician where like, no, we are not doing like, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we we put down the flag or something like that just for um, honoring, you know, but the Parti Québécois didn't want it to do it. And like, I was just like, this is mean, like, just, can you just respect the fact that the queen is just dead. Maybe you have like some different opinion, but at the end of the day, she was a human, okay? She was a human and she was a mother and she, she was a grandmother and, and she did like her job and she dedicated her, her, her life to it. So just have respect. And if you disagree, disagree after. Well, I, I'm not uh, all knowing about the subject, uh, but it is nice to hear, you know, thoughts on the queen. Uh, and as well, we have uh, one last chat here uh, from John Entwistle, uh, $20. Thanks for the discussion and possible good news about ArriveCan. Um, is there anything you, you uh, wanted to add there, Alexa? 
But I would say, like, we, I just, I'm just wondering, okay, we, we see a lot of fine being given. But if they drop IRFCAN, do they drop as well all the tickets that have been given by IRFCAN because they didn't, like, um, downloaded it and because it was mandatory at that time? Because now if it's not mandatory, so why it was important to have it since it was not for... You know, it was made for, like, at the beginning, the security of Canada. But what have been changed? Prove me that something has changed for asking people to pay the fine, you know? No, exactly. Here's uh, here's hoping for that. I think, uh, and one of the things about, there's uh, the five individuals in Manitoba who uh, went to court to fight their tickets, and they got increased charges. Well, uh, as uh, Tobias mentioned, and we'll bring this story out in full, uh, their first ticket got dropped, so hopefully that'll set a precedent. Uh, and it seems like precedent is more important than law in Canada. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully, hopefully things will go well, but uh, time time will always tell. So, Alexa, thank you so much. It was really lovely talking to you. It's been so long. Uh, so it was uh, it was really nice chatting. And uh, I want to thank all of our viewers who stuck around, especially those who watched on platforms other than YouTube. Uh, thank you guys so much. And don't forget about the documentary tonight to, to watch on our uh, platform. Um, so it would be uh, the Trucker Convoy Rebellion. So please, if you want to watch it, uh, I think uh, it would be awesome. It's made by uh, Mocha Bezergen. It was there. It was following the convoy. Um, so many like speakers are like talking in that documentary. I think uh, it would be nice for you if you want to, to watch it. It's uh, on Ribbon News Plus. Really captivating. I've already seen it. I don't know if you've already seen it, Alexa, but uh, as soon as you guys get the chance, highly recommend it. Thank you, everybody. I I will be there on Friday. So until then, stay tuned. Thank you. We started off this convoy calling it taking back our freedoms, but our freedoms are nobody's to take away. So we're going to restore everybody's freedoms. People came here wanting to only do a day, and uh, the word with all the truckers is they're now staying for many days. You know, like a lot of people now are planning on days and days in Ottawa. So, we are here to end the I am not leaving. But we get what we want. We're not going to give up. I'm on lunch. I could be on lunch a long, long time.